Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company, and I hope you find out more by visiting the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. We have terrific guests for today's show, including William Yateman. He is a research fellow with the Cato Institute. We'll visit with Van Ellison the CEO of St. Matthew's House, terrific organization supporting the homeless and people who are food deficient here on the Paradise Coast. And, of course, that's so important right now. We'll visit with Byron Donalds, our state representative and also candidate for U.S. Congress, and Dave Bego, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. It is May the 8th, and on this day in 1945, both Great Britain and the United States celebrated Victory in Europe Day. Cities in both nations, as well as formerly occupied cities in Western Europe, put out flags and banners rejoicing in the defeat of the Nazi war machine during World War II. The 8th of May spelled the day when Germans throughout Europe finally laid down their arms. More surrender documents were signed in Berlin and in eastern Germany. The main concern of many German soldiers was to elude the grasp of Soviet forces to keep from being taken prisoner. About one million Germans attempted a mass exodus to the west when the fighting in Czechoslovakia ended, but were stopped by the Russians and taken captive. The Russians took approximately 2 million prisoners in the period just before and after the German surrender. Meanwhile, more than 13,000 British POWs were released and sent back to Great Britain. Boy, they looked so emaciated and were treated so badly. Pockets of German-Soviet confrontation would continue into the next day, and on May the 9th, the Soviets would lose 600 more soldiers before the Germans finally surrendered. Consequently, VE Day was not celebrated in the until the 9th in Moscow with a radio broadcast salute from Stalin himself. The age-long struggle of the Slav nations has ended in victory. Your courage has defeated the Nazis. The war is over. That happening on this day. 1945. Well, COVID-19 cases in Kyiv have increased to 705 with 27 deaths, more than half of them in nursing homes and long-term care facilities, and about 118 hospitalized, many of them already released. Florida's confirmed cases about 39,000 as the death toll hits uh, 1,600 and 6,765 uh, hospitalized. Florida hospitals can no longer discharge patients who have been hospitalized with COVID-19 to nursing homes and long-term care centers without the patients having two consecutive negative tests 24 hours apart according to a new emergency rule. I didn't know this, roughly 155,000 elderly and frail people live in nursing homes and assisted living facilities and with a total staffing of about 200,000 folks. Florida is also ramping up antibody testing to see if residents have coronavirus and recovered from it without even knowing it. Uh, Of course, most people, 99% of the people who get the coronavirus are asymptomatic. Well, the Nasdaq surged to wipe out all 2020 losses in, stun- in a stunning turnaround. Thursday marks Nasdaq's fourth straight advance and uh, erased year-to-date losses that have swelled past 20% in March. The Dow Jones Industrial Average and SP500 were up, uh, but are still below 10% below their 2020 uh, start. The Dow Jones and uh, Industrial Averages are up about 275 right now. Reuters reporting that the U.S. and Chinese trade representatives uh, discussed via phone call their Phase One trade deal early Friday, uh, easing tensions I think between the two countries that have certainly increased because of the coronavirus outbreak. <clears throat> and now, of course, the big news: the Justice Department on Thursday moved to drop its case against former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn in a stunning development that comes after internal memos were released raising serious questions about the nature of the investigation that led to Flynn's late 2017 guilty plea of lying to the FBI. The announcement came as a court filing after a considered review of all the facts and circumstances of the case, including newly discovered and disclosed information, as the department put it. Uh, Later Thursday afternoon, Flynn Flynn tweeted a video of his grandson, it's really precious, uh, reciting the Pledge of Allegiance along with the message, and justice for all. 
The federal judge overseeing the case would have to make the final determination to dismiss it. The retired Army Lieutenant General for months has been trying to withdraw his plea, aided by his new attorney, aggressively challenging the prosecution's case and conduct. But the case has been plotted, plotting through the court system with no resolution ever since his original plea, even amid speculation about whether President Trump himself could ex extend a pardon. I'm just really appreciative of the fact that the president just allowed the wheels of justice to continue to grind on. The DOJ move to dismiss the case would appear to put at the end to the process. Earlier Thursday, a top prosecutor on the case, Brandon Van Grack, abruptly withdrew from the case without explanation in a brief uh, filing with the court. Now, Van Grack, Brandon Van Grack, hunted down Flynn, threatened his son, withheld Brady material, and repeatedly lied to the judge. Mr. Van Grack withdrew as, as counsel for the government in other cases as well. Uh, I think he's going to have to learn how to use janitorial equipment because his DOJ career may be over. Mr. Van Grack has suppressed evidence from the formation of the special counsel investigation and likely even prior to it for the very purpose of putting Mr. Flynn in an unjust position. He now occupies with protecting the prosecutors, his team, and the cadre of malfeasant FBI agents from the discovery of the negligence, crimes, and wrongs Flynn's lawyer wrote. Uh, we've had her on the show. She wrote this book at, uh, what is the name of the book now? I think it's uh, Justice on Trial. No, it's not. It's called Conviction Machine. I've got it right here. Conviction Machine, Standing Up to Federal prosecutor, Prosecutorial Abuse, Sidney Powell. Anyhow, on Tuesday, it was reported that Van Grack failed to produce all evidence, including the favorable evidence on General Flynn's and to his attorneys. If there's any justice in this country, Van Grack will be referred to the state bar for disbarment and then prosecuted for setting up Flynn and repeatedly lying to the court. The case has come as an enormous cost to the retired three-star Army Lieutenant General and his family as he racked up millions of dollars in legal fees, was forced to sell his home, lost his job, and uh, saw his reputation sullied. Attorney uh, Sidney Powell, who aforementioned just last week, uh, said her Flynn paid her law firm approximately $3.5 million and reportedly uh, still owes about a million bucks in unpaid legal fees. No, $4.6 in unpaid legal fees. In December 2017, and on the brink of financial ruin, Flynn was forced to put his home in Old Town, New Alexandria, just outside of Washington, D.C., on the market with an asking price of $895,000. He ended up getting about $820,000. It's now looking like Obama was involved in the takedown of General Flynn, who saw his case dropped by the DOJ yesterday. Obama was meeting with then uh, Sally Yates. She was the attorney general, acting attorney, uh, assistant deputy attorney general, and then FBI head James Comey, and then CIA head uh, John Brennan, and, of course, uh, James Clapper from the uh, Department of National Intelligence in the Oval Office on January 5th. You may remain, uh, remember that's about 15 days before the new president was inaugurated. It was for an intel briefing. After the meeting was over, Obama specifically asked Yates and Comey to stay behind and told them about Flynn's phone call with Kislyak and that he wanted to discuss sanctions. Obama said he didn't want to know any more about the phone call, perhaps probably to protect himself, but was seeking info on whether the White House should be treating Flynn differently given the information. In other words, you can just uh, read into that that Obama was instructing the FBI on DOJ to go after Flynn. Yates, who didn't know anything about the call, quickly got up to speed and remembers Comey referring to the Logan Act. And as well as you, all you know, <clears throat> That's exactly what the FBI and DOJ used to go after Flynn. Obama was in on it from the start. Now, Comey, you may recall, bragged to Nicole Wallace that he sent Peter Strzok and uh, uh, Joe Pienka uh, to the White House to ambush General Flynn on January 24th. This is just four days after President Trump was inaugurated. I sent them, Comey said to Nicole Wallace as she giggled like a schoolgirl. Uh, about the case being dismissed, Comey tweeted, The DOJ, just, just yesterday, has lost its way, but career people, please stay behind because America needs you. The country is hungry for honest, competent leadership. What a hypocrite. Flynn's attorney, Sidney Powell, joined Lou Dobbs, 
uh, to discuss the, the astounding news on General Flynn. Here's what happened. She said, we both obviously are relieved and gratified that we have an attorney general and other attorneys in the Department of Justice right now with enough integrity to bring the truth to light and agents who are willing to dig in for it before they found it was uh, to expose it to the public so they can see it. Mr. Schiff wouldn't know the truth if it poked him in one of his bug eyes. <laughs> <laughs> said Sidney Powell, because General Flynn's plea was neither knowing or voluntary, and both of those things are required for a guilty plea. And now here's a, a quote from President Trump. He was targeted by the Obama administration. He was targeted in order to uh, try to, and he's talking about Flynn now, trying to take down the president. And what they've done is a disgrace, and I hope a big price is going to be paid. And I'm sure he's referring to Comey, Clapper, and the others. A big price should be paid, said Trump. This has never been anything like this in the history of our country. What they did, what the Obama administration did, is unprecedented. It's never happened. It's never happened before. A thing like this has never happened before in the history of our country, and I hope a lot of people are going to pay a big price because they are dishonest, crooked people. In fact, I think I refer, uh, he referred to them as scum. Now, Ed Henry uh, broke the news tonight, or last night, that is, that the DNI Richard Grinnell... Uh, walked a satchel of documents over to the Department of Justice on Thursday. And Henry said this, breaking tonight, Schiff may be even more panicked right now because I'm hearing from two sources familiar with this that the early as tomorrow, Rick Arnell, the acting director of national intelligence, could reveal even more documents uh, shedding light on the Russian probe of President Trump and how Schiff and other investigators knew for a long time that there was no collusion, even as they were saying they had direct evidence there was. He, of course, uh, Schiff was saying evidence in plain sight. Well, uh, the wheels of justice grind slowly, but they grind fine. I think there's going to be a lot of bombshell announcements here in the next few days. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. Coming up, we're going to visit with William Yateman. He is a research fellow with the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards with six full productions this season. But did you know that Gulf Shore Playhouse brings unique theater education programs and opportunities for children, teens, and adults alike? Education is a vital component of Gulf Shore Playhouse's mission, providing programs aimed at enriching the lives of our children, teens, and students of all ages. Each offering provides real-life skills and learning experiences that are invigorating, nurturing, and readily accessible to every member of our community thanks to the scholarships and reduced-price programming for our region's most deserving students. From in-school residencies and pre-professional theater training to community partnerships, audience engagement, and student matinees, the goal is to inspire creativity, encourage self-expression, and support the blossoming of self-confidence, collaboration, and a deep appreciation for the arts. With each passing year, Gulf Shore Playhouse continues to touch the lives of tens of thousands of students throughout Southwest Florida. Isn't it time that a young person in your life finds out more? 
For more information about student camps and the Teen Conservatory, visit the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can find out more by visiting the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Van Ellison, the CEO of St. Matthew's House, a terrific organization. doesn't take government funding but supports the homeless and those who are threatened by a lack of food. Uh, they're doing great things. We'll look forward to that conversation. Right now we have with us William Yateman. He is a research fellow with the Cato Institute. William, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Bob. Certainly my pleasure. Tell us about the Cato Institute. Well, we're a think tank in Washington, D.C., and, and we're dedicated to advancing the ideals of a free society at every level of government. Cato.org is the website, C-A-T-O.org. Now, I can't think of anything more threatening to, than to see the injustice that has been perpetrated by the Department of Justice and by the FBI and others uh, against uh, Michael Flynn, but it looks like the wheels of justice grind slowly, but they grind fine. What are your thoughts? Agreed. Uh, it's an outrage, and, and it seems as though, or no, it has been remedied um, to back up and just remind you know your listeners um, of what's going on. Michael Flynn um, got caught up in this, this Russiagate investigation, the Mueller one, um, and indeed was, was poised to, to plead guilty in December, you know, for sentencing even, in December of 2018. He got new counsel. Uh, Texan Sidney Powell, an excellent counsel, um, who, who started investigating and, and sus- had suspicions that, that, his, or that her client had been railroaded by the FBI um, as a result of sort of the, the, these, this clamoring, if you will. The Department of Justice, uh, William Barr, the AG, opened up an investigation um, headed by uh, an attorney out of uh, a U.S. attorney out of St. Louis, in, into the conduct of the FBI and the Justice Department in the course of the Flynn investigation. The, the fruits of that, the investigation of the investigation, we discussed last week. Mm-hmm. Um, two weeks ago, it came out that the FBI they had these notes that, in essence, uh, it conceded that, that, that the whole purpose of this interview with Flynn three or four days after Trump had been inaugurated, and then indeed Flynn was a part of Trump's administration. This is just a highly unusual interview with the FBI, but the government conceded, these notes did, that, that in, they in fact railroaded him, that the whole purpose of this, this interview was to get him to lie and, and then prosecute him. Um, so sort of a, a, in the wake of this bombshell, the, the government, the Department of Justice yesterday, on the recommendation of the U.S. attorney from St. Louis who had investigated the investigation, um, he had recommended the government move to abandon the case, and that's what they did yesterday. Yeah. Um, and, and ultimately it does have to be approved by uh, Judge Sullivan, a district court judge in, in D.C. That does seem to be a mere formality. I mean, it would be really, really strange if the government ordered the, I'm sorry, if the judge ordered the government to proceed with the prosecution but it does, as you suggested at the outset, um, justice it took a long time, um, but does it was served. Yeah. Um, this is a, a welcome development. I mean, this uh, this attorney, Brandon Van Grack, uh, who abruptly resigned yesterday without any comment at all, but uh, he's the guy apparently who hunted down Flynn, threatened his son, withheld Brady material uh, from the uh, from uh, the the uh, his. Flynn's representation. I mean, this stuff is so egregious. He should be disbarred. Well, I'll say this on that score. It's remarkable, because this is being spun by um, progressives and, I guess, mainstream media, if you will. Um, This gentleman's resignation as as evidence of the corruption um, of the Department of Justice, and he's being held up as a sort of this paragon of of the virtuous um, government lawyer, uh, there's more to it. You know, as you suggested, this sort of withholding of exculpatory evidence. It's also true that um, the very able counsel that, that Flynn turned to in late 2018, Sidney Powell, had uh, submitted a number of forceful motions and briefs and, and letters to the court uh, articulating 
sort of the, the ill deeds of, of the alleged ill deeds of this federal prosecutor in question. Um, the upshot is, of course, this guy was not going to sign his name onto a document that, that effectively would lead to uh, Flynn being absolved. Um, his behavior was very much a part and parcel of Flynn's defense yeah. under Sidney Powell. So this notion that it, it's somehow that he's being held up um, and that, that somehow his resignation in this case is evidence of malfeasance by the Trump administration and Trump's corruption of the Department of Justice is sort of just laughably thin. Yeah, and uh, now it looks like this all this information that's been revealed Grinnell apparently is, is great. He's the new acting Department of Intelligence head, I guess, and uh, he is apparently being a very aggressive on the release of information, which has kind of led to this entire thing. And apparently some more was delivered yesterday to the Department of Justice, so uh, there could be more to come. Now, this looks like it splashes on uh, President Obama. Uh, former President Obama and others high up in the in the Sally Yates, uh, John Brennan, uh, James Clapper, all these folks, uh, are, uh, James uh, uh, Comey. Looks like all these people are kind of in, in uh, legal jeopardy right now. It is. Well, I mean, you know, whether or not they're in direct legal jeopardy, I, I don't. Uh, I doubt that, just because there's it's a very very high bar. Um, uh, that said, um, I- I'll say this, and I don't think this is terribly controversial, um, but if a shoe were on the other foot, mm-hmm. then this would be the biggest thing since Watergate. And, and pre- that, that's perhaps even uh, uh, um, sort of a road point. I mean, one, the obvious, too obvious, um, but, but perhaps not. I mean, to me, it does, you just imagine if, if, again, if a shoe were on the other foot and all this had happened to a progressive administration, then there would be outrage for days, for weeks, for years. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, it is uh, remarkable, even if they don't get in legal hot water. Um, I, I don't think people should keep their eye off the ball of, of you know, this, this was pretty dirty political tricks, it does seem. Absolutely. Again, William Yateman, he is a research fellow with the Cato Institute. I encourage you to visit the very robust website, cato.org, C-A-T-O.org. William, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to visit with Van Ellison. He is the CEO of St. Matthew's House, a terrific organization. Uh, We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC 
goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. I'm on hold right now. But... Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to help able-bodied folks get off of welfare and back to work. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Byron Donalds, our state representative and a candidate for U.S. Congress. Right now we have with us Van Ellison. He is the CEO of St. Matthew's House. Van, thank you so much for joining us. Bob, it's always good to be with you. Thank you for having me on this morning. My pleasure, indeed. Tell us about St. Matthew's House. Well, Bob, as you know, uh, we've been in existence here in Collier County in southwest Florida since 1988. Our passion is really to find faith-based, free market solutions to poverty and addiction. And doing a great job of it. In fact, uh, uh, just really a fantastic job. And I can't think of a time that's more important to be doing that than right now with this pan- get pandemic going on. I'm imagining that you're, see- you're seeing more and more people at your door who can uh, use some of your help. Well, we really have. What we found this time of year is that um, normally is the season's always busy, but season ended very abruptly uh, because of the pandemic. And so a lot of people started losing jobs, losing income, and the need for groceries, the need for assistance for families that are at risk has gone up almost 2,000% over normal situations. And so we're giving out literally hundreds of tons of food. Um, we uh, Historically, we would serve 30 to 70 families a week with with direct assistance where we might be helping various people in a, with a shortage. Right now, what we're doing is we're serving about 1,600 to 2,000 families a week. Wow. So it's just unbelievable. The, our facilities, our shelter, our addictions recovery programs are running at capacity. And uh, it's just been a very busy time for us, and we've been uh, hard at it with a lot of support from the community. I must tell you, I get a lot of emails from not-for-profits who, needless to say, are all very, uh, have a real financial need right now. I received an email from St. Matthew's House. I opened it up and asked, it it basically said, how can we pray for you? You know, it was was just amazing to me. It was so impressive. It just made such an impact on me. So, I I mean, it's what a terrific organization. And, you know, you think about Cuyahoga County, you think about this as a place where a lot of rich old folks live that are retired here, but there's real need here in the community. Well, there really is. And, you know, we we view it um, from the idea that there's need everywhere. There's um, uh, rich old folks that are in need. They're isolated and lonely. And so one of our efforts this year was how do we minister to the needs of the people who are are partnering with us who might be hurting? So we want to just we want to be a blessing in the lives of whoever comes across our path, whether it's a, a donor or somebody coming into the shelter who's absolutely destitute. Yeah. We want to be there for people, and you know that's what community does. We come together and, um, and make sure that the needs of the less fortunate are met, regardless of their economic status or, or their age or where they are. And so right now there's great economic need, but there's a great relational need. And so one of the things we try to do is we call the folks who are donating and just ask them how they're doing, thank them for giving, and not to get another gift, but just to connect with them and let them know they're making a difference. There's yeah. a couple of areas in society right now, people have a real need to get engaged and to impact, you know, feeling hopeless and overwhelmed. I think about during World War II at the start of the war, boys turning in their bicycle tires that were off from the paper route and um, school children buying, saving up uh, dimes and nickels to buy war bonds. People want to take ownership and be engaged and make a difference in the world around us. And what a joy it is to be able to find a vehicle where we can actually impact the lives of the less fortunate. 
Absolutely, and I just remind our listeners right now that this is not government funded in any way. Not one penny comes from uh, from any government uh, source at all. So this is all work that's being done uh, through the, the support of the community and also the businesses that uh, St. Matthew's House runs, uh, which, by the way, have just opened. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, Bob, uh, we we established the idea that the free markets and our economy should should work to support what we're doing, that Washington and Tallahassee aren't going to be able to fund and meet the needs and be nimble and responsive to what's going on in our community. But our, our businesses could be. And so we've established six thrift stores, two catering companies, a retreat center in LaBelle, car wash. All of those have job training components to take people who are less fortunate and need uh, additional skills to support themselves. And then... The revenue from those enterprises supports 60 to 70 percent of the operating cost of St. Matthew's House. So, so we believe we can generate far more support by using the free markets in our business model um, than we could with any government support, and, and yet we can be responsive. So what we do is we connect with people, and that becomes an integral part of the recovery process. Yeah. Somebody who comes in with despair, when they find a job rather than an entitlement or rather than a, a government-funded program, they feel like their life is coming back together. Yeah. And we're not limited by what a government a handout will be. We're, we're only limited by our imagination and our hard work in a free market. And so we really want to get people engaged in, in having their life completely restored. And that means business. That means doing good work. And so we're excited to be back open and and selling merchandise, catering activities going, and uh, getting back to work. Yeah. 60 to 70 percent, of course, there's still uh, 40 or 30 percent that needs to be contributed, of course, with a growing need. And we'll talk about it, that in just a second. But I also want to point out to our listeners, this is not one group of people that's coming back for time and time again. Uh, your programs all include some sort of accountability. In other words, the whole notion about getting involved with St. Matthew's, Matthew's House for people that have a need is they have to demonstrate that they're getting back on their feet and they have to there's accountability uh, not only in the recovery programs but also for people to find a job. Yeah, uh, it's interesting, Bob. There's been all kinds of different experiments and uh, how to help restore a homeless person's life. And uh, the federal government year, a few years back started a program called Housing First where the idea was that housing was um, not something that you held somebody accountable for you, just provided housing for them. And we said, you know, that's really not what works. People, a lot of times, need to be made to be excellent. And so we want to have, to keep somebody on the straight and narrow, we want to have love and support on one guardrail, but on the other side of the guardrail, we want discipline and structure. Yeah. And so holding people accountable and giving them the opportunities, you know, giving them the direction and support they need, but seeing their lives restored, takes a real effort and they've got to be involved in it just uh getting them off the streets isn't enough but seeing them really do that so a man or a woman coming into the shelter is expected to get a job and they're held accountable to do that they're held accountable to stay sober to to make progress on issues that led to their homelessness or their addiction yeah, uh, and so rigorous accountability helps them succeed. Absolutely. So I, I received a letter. Generous friends of St. Matthew's House have provided a matching grant that will duct gift up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Just amazing program right now. So for those that uh, are moved by what this discussion that we're just having now, I certainly am. I'm going to write a check today. I hope you will too. Uh, you can go to stmatthewshouse.org, stmatthewshouse.org. Just check out all the wonderful things that are going on. And while you're doing that, make a gift. Uh, and uh, this is, goes, I guess, it's sometime in June. Uh, yep. Is there any other thing? What else can we do to support you and your efforts, Van? Well, you know, we believe this is going to be a long-haul recovery economically. If, if the pandemic situation and the public concern over health issues ended tomorrow, um, the poor are going to be struggling for a long time. Yeah. A lot of people are on a very, very tight budget, and any kind of downturn uh, sets things out of control. So we have people that meeting with a family yesterday who hadn't paid their rent in two months. They had always, both husband and wife had been working for years and both got laid off as soon as all this started. So 
Now they're two months behind on rent, a month and a half or so behind on a car payment. They're going to have a hard time digging out. So we're going to be here. I know that, um, you know, when you, if you want to make a food donation, if you want to obviously cash or, or those kind of resources supporting our thrift stores, come do business with us. Yeah. All of those things, we're going to be here for the next two to three years helping poor families dig out of the hole that economically they're in um, right now. So uh, we want to thank the people in Southwest Florida for engaging with us. And Bob, you such a good friend and a leader in our community. Thank you for your support and putting us on the air this morning. Oh, absolutely. stmatthewshouse.org. stmatthewshouse.org is the website. Do go and visit the website and make a contribution. Visit one of the businesses uh, doing great things in the community. Van, just genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. God bless you, and have a great day. Thank you. You as well, Van. Thank you. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to visit... Uh, with Byron Donalds, our state representative, that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For the best in food and drink, as well as great live entertainment, go to the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar. Formerly known as Weekend Willie's, the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar has terrific new local owners offering a great new upscale decor and a fabulous new menu. Linda and I are weekly regulars to hear live blues, but you can stop by anytime for great food and drink, to watch your favorite sporting event, or to hear great live entertainment five nights a week. The Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar is located at 5310 Shirley Street, just off Pine Ridge Road, and it's open from 11 a.m. until close every day. Visit the website dogtoothnaples.com or call 431-7004. That's 431-7004. I hope we'll see you there. As Southwest Florida is impacted by the coronavirus crisis, the organizations that provide relief and support to our community's most vulnerable population are finding their resources stretched. For 32 years, St. Matthew's House has provided food, shelter, and comfort to those struggling with poverty, food insecurity, and homelessness. St. Matthew's House is the only emergency homeless shelter in Cuyahoga County, sheltering more than 300 men, women, and children every night and providing more than 500,000 meals each year to those in need. For those who have shelter but are food insecure, direct assistance is offered through the St. Matthew's House Food Pantry and Grocery Distribution. Donations of food, hygiene supplies, detergent, diapers, and monetary support are needed. Curbside drop-off is available at St. Matthew's House Main Thrift Store at 2601 Airport Road, South Naples. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization that does not solicit government funding. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org or call 239-774-0500. That's 774-0500. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. And again, I just want to remind you about St. Matthew's House. Uh, the last commercial you just heard about St. Matthew's House doesn't mention that the businesses are now open. So do visit uh, the thrift stores, uh, the car wash, all the businesses there that are available will help St. Matthew's House. stmatthewshouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Dave Bigo, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. Right now we have with us our state representative and candidate for U.S. Congress, Byron Donalds. Byron, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Byron. I hope you're doing well as well. I'm doing good. Outstanding. Outstanding. Hey, I, you know, uh, I would love to get your comments on what's happening here in Florida. But before we do, uh, Michael Flynn, this big explosive news that came out, I want to get your thoughts. Well, first of all, this is a great um, victory for Michael Flynn and his family. You know, I, I think that what happened with his uh, selective prosecution really was a witch hunt. The first, the first step of the witch hunt that has been uh, the, the left's nonstop attack against President Trump, frankly, because they're still in disbelief that he became president. Yeah. And so, you know, Michael Flynn was unfortunately the first person to be targeted um, by rogue agents at the FBI and rogue politicians. And now the evidence is crystal clear that that's exactly what happened. 
you know, as a backdrop, this is a serious, uh, a significantly serious issue because what it's beginning to expose is that you have elements in our government who are using the tools of government to, to target people politically. Now, we've already kind of known that this has happened, mm-hmm. but to see something so blatant where you have uh, a decorated general in our military simply be targeted for prosecution because of who he supported and who he worked for that won a presidential election. Like, this is the type of thing, frankly, that comes out of, you know, the world of the British kings. You know, this is the kind of stuff why you have separation of powers to begin with in our Constitution. And I think that, you know, even though, you know, I'm happy for Michael Flynn, we have to seriously um, take a strong look at this and make sure that we have major reforms in the FBI and in the Department of Justice. So something like this never even has a possibility of moving forward again. You know, I have this fantasy, and of course this will probably never occur, but I would love, now that he's been exonerated, for him to be put in front in charge of a task force to eliminate the uh, malfeasance and everything that's gone wrong with the FBI, the CIA, and the Department of Justice. <laughs> uh, Listen, I, I totally agree. I mean, if you really think about it, and, and as a backdrop, Bob, the, the, what happened to Michael Flynn is not a new tactic. Yeah. This actually happens to a lot of people across the United States where you have prosecutors who they really want to target somebody. They may not have the stuff that they need, but what they do is they just find any possible way to grind up people who are associates of them. Yeah. And that, that kind of tactic at its face is just, is just wrong because what you end up doing is you abuse the justice system to try to, to, try to get the ends that you're looking for. Absolutely. But what's, what's doubly terrible about this is that it is clear that we have had we have rogue elements in our in our government. You can call it the swamp, or you can call it whoever else. Who their their entire purpose was getting rid of this president, and they were going to do it by any means necessary. So I'm I'm very glad that Michael Flynn is is being exonerated because the man did nothing wrong. And to try to use his son, which is basically what they did, they used his son against him. That's saying that like, we were going to charge your son if you don't step up and just and frankly lie under oath that yeah. you did something wrong. And, you know, he's a man of honor, so any man of honor is going to do what they can to protect their family. But it's, it, this, is a, this is a sad, even though I'm happy for him, this is a sad moment in this, in this portion of American history. It certainly is, Byron. I want to move to uh, what's happening with regard to our states, and uh, certainly the response from the president initially with the coronavirus. Uh, we need to uh, protect our health, and he did that. But uh, it's just turned out to me it looks like uh, we're so infringing on our constitutional rights with the behavior from some of our governors. I think our governor's done a good job, but my wife's pretty unhappy because she can't go to the hair salon. <laughs> what are your thoughts? I mean, listen, I don't, I don't want to joke about it, even though I, I did chuckle. It's a serious thing. You know, I think uh, you know, the governor is trying to do everything he can. Some governors in the country have just gone gone so far and mm-hmm. it, it's 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 really blatantly ridiculous especially the governor of michigan what she's been doing but that being said i think we're at a point here with coronavirus where the government has to remember its role and it's actually to to work on behalf of the people not against them and i think that you have to give people the flexibility and ability to make their choices make their decisions with the appropriate information i mean you know business owners are smart people they know what they're doing they don't want to destroy their business but these forced closures are destroying their business. Yeah. Um, you know, I, th- I was in a Five Guys yesterday. Um, you know, people kind of st- stayed apart from each other. Nobody was huddling around each other unless you walked in with that person and were sitting at a table with them. I don't see any reason why you, know, you can't, you know, why hairstylists and barbershops just can't bring people in by appointment. Right. You know, clean your station after you leave. I think that with everybody's heightened, heightened sense of hygiene and taking care of their own personal selves, they don't want to bring a virus home to their families, right. um, but they, at the same time, they have to work. They have to earn money for their for their for their families. Uh, people are start desiring services. You know, people are tired of being at home, and I think that if we don't start being bringing far more common sense into this process of how we're going to reopen and and allowing people the flexibilities to to do what they do best, which is just act in their own interest. Frankly, Bob, I mean, people will do that. Um, especially with the information and, frankly, their own interest is making sure they don't get coronavirus and they're going to do everything they can to try to make sure they don't get coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to start We have to start um, letting people do that. And I think that's really the only way that you're going to restore this economy and actually 
have people have faith in the government because right now people are are, are very very concerned on all sides of the political spectrum. Yeah. And it's, it's not a good situation. It, it certainly isn't. And I, uh, I just uh, want to underscore what you said, which is I think the government should give us guidelines, and we're appreciative of that. But what we've learned is this coronavirus, as most people end up having it, and they're asymptomatic. Uh, what we learned is that those that have immune uh, compromised immune systems, those that are ill, those that have cancer, those types of things, those, pe- type of, those people are the ones that are most at risk for suffering from coronavirus. So they, as you mentioned, in their self-interest, they could self-quarantine and stay away from the traffic, away from other people that might pass it on. But the rest of us should get back to work. And hey, Byron, life is risky. We should be making our own decisions. We know more about our health than anybody else. It shouldn't be the government. Listen, I went to Costco yesterday because mm-hmm. um, I had to pick up some stuff for the family. And I'm walking into Costco like I've done. I've been the one that, that goes. And the guy at the front door that checks your ID card, he gave me a mask. And I was like, no, I'm good. I don't need the mask. Yeah. He was like, no, you have to wear the mask. I was like, seriously? He's like, <laughs> you have to wear the mask if we're going to let you in the store. At first, I was like, but I don't want to wear the mask. But yeah. then I was like, oh, yeah, but you know what? This is a private store. Yeah. If they want me to wear a mask to come in their store, that's what I got to do. Yeah. Because it's their property. Right. And but, but again, these are the things that companies and business owners are doing to protect their employees, but also protect their customers while yeah. still being able to do business. Right. And I think that the governors across the state, um, some of them mean well. Uh, Governor DeSantis is trying to do everything he can. Some of them are just draconian, and they're just using this as an opportunity to grow their power. Um, but what you really got to do is you got to put trust and faith in the American people. Um, we've done the, the work that the government asked of us. We bent the curve. Hospitals are not overwhelmed. Now it's time to get back to work. Couldn't agree more. Again, Byron Donalds, our candidate, our state representative and candidate for U.S. Congress. And I'll say that I certainly support you, uh, Byron. I think you make great decisions. I think you certainly think about the Constitution and our rights in the right way. I think you do a great job in Washington, D.C. So I support Byron Donalds, and I hope you will, too. Uh, you can go to byrondonalds.com. Just check out the website. And by the way, Byron, I'll mention again, great news, uh, national news that uh, from Bitebart.com that covered your candidacy for uh, Congress. So, again, uh, any comments at all about uh, about the campaign? Well, listen, we're actually restarting operations because the coronavirus shut everything down, including political campaigns. Uh, but we're restarting uh, operations. Uh, we're starting to get a little creative, doing some cool things that, you know, I don't want to talk about right now because, okay. frankly, I don't want other campaigns stealing. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. a copycat league, you know. But we're trying to just do a lot of creative things uh, to reach voters, um, to really get our get them get our message out. And, you know, we just believe that in this field of 10 people trying to represent Southwest Florida, uh, that I'm head and shoulders above the rest, that, you know, if if the voters choose me to be their representative in Congress, you'll have a constitutional conservative, somebody that will always protect their constitutional rights, uh, somebody that will make sure that we reform our immigration system to respect American citizenship, citizenship, to stand with uh, President Trump, and to to battle the left at every turn. You know, there's too much at stake. Uh, this is the greatest nation in the world, and we got to make sure we send the very best to Washington. ByronDonalds.com is the website. I hope you'll check it out and make a contribution. Again, money's the mother milk of politics. Byron, I genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Bob. You have a great day. You as well, Byron. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Dave Bigo, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. 
imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized, state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us Dave Bego, as I mentioned before the break. He's the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. It's about the travails of dealing with union bosses over the course of two and a half years. Those guys from SEIU, they wanted Dave to sign a neutrality agreement, which would allow them to go up and just sign up people. And once he got to 50% plus one, they'd be unionized. Dave said, no, if you want to unionize our business, you're going to have to do it through secret ballot. They refused for some strange reason. I don't know why. But in any event, uh, dirty tricks went on. It was just, you read the book, The Devil Out of Our Doorstep, it is terrific. You just can't make this stuff up. It's such dirty uh, tricks that these folks are playing. Dave went out, and he wrote a book about it, The Devil Out of Our Doorstep. Dave, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me on, Bob. And, uh, you know, the dirty tricks you talked about are the same things being used today in um, the... Uh, election process uh, for 220 and also the coronavirus. I think you're right. I mean, you know, we just, like we just talked about General Flynn and what's going on, the dirty tricks played against him. This is an assault by unconstitutional, the progressives are trying to turn us into a socialist country. Unbelievable. So what's new on the union front? What's, what's happening? Well, behind the scenes, they're trying to use this to, um, uh, uh, force unionize uh, more companies, you know, and uh, and then also uh, businesses that you know are kind of shut down or partially shut down. Uh, they're pushing them to um, redo their contracts and give the unions more money and uh, more control. And um, the uh, also the unions are uh, trying to get right to work, um, you know. Uh, thrown out across the country in different states and that. You know, they tried to do it in Virginia, West Virginia, but they failed. Um, but their, um, their whole goal, Bob, is is that, uh, and, they're, and they're pushing their members, even though they're not at work in that. And, you know, some of them probably aren't getting, you know, the full payment they were getting before because they're not working as many hours in that. But tell them, you're still going to pay all your union dues, and we want it now. You pay it to us now. Mm-hmm. And um, because here's the thing. Uh, it's, the election is big for them because they want to unseat the president and the, uh, the Senate, make it democratic, so they can uh, take over the country because the unions control the Democratic Party behind the scenes. And um, they have uh, already uh, uh, presented that they're spending over $2 billion in forced union dues to influence the November election. $2 billion? Yes. That is unbelievable. That is breaking news. Uh, well, th- there's no question. There's collusion between the Democrat Party, between the uh, unions, between the ra- mainstream media, and there's never been a better example of what's going on. than, than I, I, And I'm hopeful that we're going to see justice. A lot of uh, Lacomian 
all these folks that have uh, malfeasance against it politically, trying to use the, the Justice Department, the FBI, and the CIA against the President of the United States. Hopefully this stuff will exp uh, be exposed and it will influence people to understand the assault on our, just, on our uh, Constitution and uh, help people realize they should not support this progressive movement anymore. Well, that's exactly right. Well, and far left deep state movement. And, um, you know, the other thing I want to talk about on the coronavirus is that, uh, you know, um, Trump has Dr. Fauci on his uh, uh, group there. And um, if you start digging into Fauci and, uh, you know, he is a far left part of the deep state, right. the far leftist, and uh, he's been involved with uh, Bill Gates, too. Yep. You know, Bill Gates, uh, and I put an article out on this in my newsletter, um, I believe it was last week, that Bill Gates was involved with the Chinese and having them developing it and then getting it over to this country and that. And, Bob, you know, when you look at these people and what they want and you hear what they talk about behind the scenes, uh, they're all in favor of one world order uh, where they control the whole world, and it's a socialist, communistic world. And people have got to understand that's what this is all about going into the November election. You are absolutely right, Dave. And I've heard that uh, this, this coronavirus, uh, with the vaccine that they're developing right now, I, I, I don't want to be... Well, I've, I'll tell you what I've heard. What I've heard is that there could actually be some sort of a microchip along with a vaccine that would uh, allow... It, the purpose of it would be to so, peop, so people would know your... Uh, medical background and uh, know if you have any kind of uh, uh, symptoms that could be harmful, but it also could be used by the government like the Chinese are using in a, for, uh, for tracing people for social purposes. Yeah, and this is this is what, uh, you know, one world uh, communist socialist government is all about. They want to control you and monitor you all the time and that um, because they don't understand uh, what a free market uh Society like we have uh, is good for people and stuff like that, but they don't know how to be successful in that. The only way they know how to be successful is by controlling people. And through power. It's just uh, so unjust. But again, it's so refreshing. I can't tell you how good I feel to know that, that the uh, Justice Department has dropped the charges against Michael Flynn, and I think they're going to be dominoes that fall over at this point. We're going to see the domino effect with regard to people who might are going to we brought to justice, and I'm hopeful it'll be Comey, Clapper, Brennan, uh, and many others who who should stand in front of uh, the judge and face the justice for the injustices they've done. Well, that's exactly right, and um, you know, and but we still have some of these judges across the country, and uh, you know, like in Texas, where the judge, uh, the gal that had her um, hair salon, uh, yeah, hair salon, yeah, and opened it up in that, and uh, because she wouldn't say, "I'm sorry." She, put her in jail for seven days and that and you know this this is all a political bent thing and i'm glad the governor stepped up and uh, pardoned her yesterday absolutely dave beagle again the author of the devil at our doorstep great read i encourage you to read it because it's instructive not only to understand how unions operate but it gives you a good look at the playbook for the democrat party and how they operate and you know what we've seen uh, the uh, Justice of the Supreme Court, uh, what's her name now? I've, <laughs> her name escapes me, but she's been hospitalized again for a minor issue. But when you're, when you're, Ruth, Bader. Ruth, Bader Ruth Bader Ginsburg, when you're 88, nothing's minor in terms of health. So uh, can you imagine if something happened to her? She couldn't serve anymore in the Supreme Court. How, how the Democrats would react would be unbelievable. Oh, it'd be, it'd be scary stuff. But you know, Bob. The thing is, and my book should be a national bestseller. It's not, though, because the unions control the Democratic Party and they control the media, and they won't let, let them you know, talk about or advertise my book or anything like that or have me on to talk about it and that. But, you know, I'm starting to get people, like I even got a guy in California um, yesterday that wants my book. You know, the SEIU is huge in California, yeah. and I think people are starting to wake up. I think so. Dave Bigland, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep, the website, thedevilatourdoorstep.com. And, and, of course, you can get a, uh, Dave's book on my website at a nice discount. Also, of course, at any book purveyors. Dave, just genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Okay, thank you. And just one thing else to your people is that uh, all the tactics, the agenda that the unions use against me are the same ones that they're making the Democratic Party use against this president and with the coronavirus.
I couldn't agree more. Thank you again, Dave. Have a great weekend. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Always appreciate your feedback. You can receive a daily newsletter, weekday uh, newsletter. If you just uh, if you're not on the list and you're not receiving it, just send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. You can also send me an email. I appreciate any comments that you might have about the show. Join us on Monday. We're going to be visiting with Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. We'll be talking about current world events. Larry Reed, the president emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. And Jim McTagg, he's an author. He's written a couple of books. They are Murder Mysteries. Uh, the latest is Shake the Money Tree. I hope you make it a great day and weekend on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs> <laughs>